0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Talk and Talkies. With me, Peter, and co-host Andy. In this week's episode, we will be reviewing our two-two draw with Liverpool, as well as looking ahead to Sunday's game versus Southampton. So on the Everton to Liverpool two, it was a tough game. Certainly not our best performance of the season, but. With all things considered, in the end, probably not a bad point. And obviously, we, we remain unbeaten uh, on top of the league.
1: Um, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I think I said on the last podcast, did night I, that I didn't really, you know, I wouldn't have took a draw. would have liked to, to go on for the win. But that being said, you know, what happened in the game, I think that we, we can come away from that, you know, happy that we, we got a point from it. Uh, I suppose we got lucky in a sense. And, um, you know, I'm still unbeaten. Uh, Dominic Avalu on the score sheet again. So there's positives in there. Um, you know, we got away with a few decisions. Um, so, yeah, happy. Happy. We're still top of the table. Uh, unless, you know, Villa can get a, a win against Leeds. But, fingers crossed, uh, it, it's weird that he would even sat there watching the the Villa game, hoping that uh, Leeds can get a get a win.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think, you know, in the last podcast myself, Andy, I said that, you know, in my opinion, I I expected a big Liverpool reaction. And I think we got that from them. I think they were much improved. I think they did edge the game. And, you know, in fairness to them, they started the game really positive and went 1-0 up after a couple of minutes. So on that first goal that, that Marty scored... What what did you make of that goal uh, and the start they made? Was it a case that they were just a bit quicker out the traps or were you were you a little critical about?
1: A bit of both really. I think um they played with such a high tempo throughout the game and they and they sort of started the game in that in that vein. Um sort of and and just got at us right really from the start. And I think that we were a little bit slow in return. Um we, we sort of didn't get to the grips of the, the game in the first few minutes and found ourselves down you know what I mean it's, it's sort of losing players individual mistakes uh stuff that we've seen towards the back end of the last season sort of you know over the last few years really a uh, bit of inconsistency crept in you know Coleman we've been absolutely uh you know praising him and rightly so this season but you know I think he should have done a lot better but even before that even the ball to get out wide and you not know, following our men I just think that they, they started a lot quicker and um you know, we'll just have to be careful of like that when we're starting against teams who are, you know, playing with such a high tempo.
0: Yeah, you, you nailed it there for me, Andy McCallum. Not just the, the, the positioning of, of where he was when Robertson takes him on, but but if you look at the build-up, Coleman's quite central. And I think if you look at how Liverpool play, they, they make the pitch wide and. For some of Coleman's experience, I thought that early on as well, he'd he'd have been alert to Robertson on the overlap. But I think he has caught out a little bit. And I think when Robertson got the run on Coleman, you know, Coleman tried to stand him up. But I don't think he was ever going to have a chance there. And I think he was on the edge of the box or just in the box. So we couldn't even dive in at that point. When Robertson gets beyond Coleman and pulls it back, you know they've scored because... You know, Robertson's always going to find this man and, and Barney's not going to miss from, from that far out. So, a bit unfortunate with Coleman, because I, I agree with you. He's played well recently and he never really got an opportunity to tr- try and redeem himself from, you know, from, you know, what we would deem in error, really being caught out of position like that. Obviously, you know, Liverpool go 1-0 up and then I think for the for those 10 minutes after that they were well on top, um, I think a ball came in, Henderson doesn't meet the header and Luca Dean manages to clear it. I think Henderson gets ahead on that. It could could have been a worse scoreline. line. But the the next big moments in the game it, it, we're probably already sick of hearing about it. But it is what's been in the media for the past well, the past few days following the derby is is the collision with, with Pickford and Van Dyke. Um if you break it down because there's a number of aspects to what happened. Firstly, Andy for you was it a correct call not to give the penalty to Liverpool?
1: Well, my first reaction was that uh, We're we we already won down early on in the derby, and you know Pick was getting sent off, and they've got a penalty. Uh, so I was expecting a long, a long game. Uh, you know, getting getting three or four put past us um, at the best really. Um, with, where did they say? I think they've got it right. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because don't get me wrong, that tackle outside. You know, in the middle of the pitch, or even after the whistle was gone, you've seen later on, and we we're going to touch on with Richardson. It's a sending off. Uh, you know, it, it was a it was a poor challenge at the end of the day. And but the fact that the whistle had already stopped, the game had already played. You know, the, the game had already stopped. I think that they've made the right call in not giving the penalty, obviously. But um in terms of sending off, then I think if it was if it was in the middle of the pitch, he would have been sent off. So I'm caught in two minds over it. Really, sort of. uh, I'm glad it. I'm glad they never. um, But at the same time, you know, I think we got away with one, really.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Um, At the time, at the time, they they called it offside. Uh, I still don't think it was offside. Again, agree with you. Of course, I'm happy that you know it was called offside. I think the offside helps have an awful lot all of a sudden if it's onside it is a penalty and then you're looking at a record and I do think Pickford survived the record based on the fact that it was offside and the game had stopped at the time I was of the opinion that well if it's offside the game had stopped so it's not a penalty and not a record but sort of you know you look back at it a little bit impartially as yeah, time goes on and when you look at the Pickford challenge it does get worse every time you see it I agree with you it's a it is it's a red card, and we did. Yeah, um, I do think we got away with it. Um, it's the rule, isn't it? And I think you know the officials got caught out with the rule. I think because the game offside, they didn't have to deal with any more aspect aspects of the game because if Pickford commits a foul, it's not a foul because the game had stopped. But you know, because he dived in the way he did, it probably probably was a red card um. So I think we're both in agreement, you know, Pickford should have walked. Um, I think, you know, Ancelotti spoke today and in his heart to heart, I don't think he would have had any complaints if he'd have saw read. Yeah, it wasn't a penalty if you're given offside. But obviously, like you say, without a 10 that early on, the writing's on the wall. So the next aspect that we do need to analyse, because the media have, have set out a narrative aided by Liverpool, um, is is whether he meant it or not. Now, before we discuss it and give our opinions, the media forget that only Pickford knows if he meant it or not. Now, our opinion that we're going to talk about now and give our view on it is based on watching Pickford week in, week out. Unlike Liverpool or their fans who, you know, are judging it from the point of view of their man being hurt. But we see Pickford week in, week out, so we know the kind of goal he is. Andy, for you, do you think Pickford did mean... To hate bad night, or if not hate him, do you think he meant to do him? If if you like Clatten?
1: No, no, I don't think so. I mean, don't get me wrong. We just said that it was a horrendous tackle, and every time you do, you know, you look at it, it is getting worse. But I, I, I just can't see him being. I, I know we talked about him being arrogant uh, and sort of coming across the wrong way, but I just can't imagine him having the personality of wanting to try and, you know, hate someone and also so put a tackle in that could. You know, put someone in danger. I think uh, it was a uh, Robert Green. Was it on yeah. Sky Sports News? He, 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 that's probably the most sensible explanation I've heard from anyone. And, and that's you know he's a well-established goalkeeper as well. So you know we should be listening to him more so than than other players who haven't played in that position as well. And I think it's also been highlighted as well. Some it, it sort of seems it is you know his traits when he's closing down a ball. He's seen it. I, I seen a highlighted when he played against uh, Croatia. In the semi-final, of the World Cup, it was a very similar tackle, which he won the ball and it went down as a great save. Now, obviously, he didn't in this situation, but I don't think that you know there was any intent there. I think it was just a clumsy foul, really. I think it was just um it was desperation more than anything. Um You know, I'm sure that he he wasn't not naive naive enough to think that is, you know, there's no intent to sort of try and win the ball and the man but I don't think that the time injure injure someone or put someone in arms you know
0: yeah I totally agree with you Um, what what was lost and only Robert Green in the media has came out and highlighted and the one thing we've all forgot well not ourselves but the media narrative is that it was a 50-50 you know Van Dyke and Pickford both had an equal right to go and get the ball it it, it it was a derby and the ball there to be won. Now it was a fifty fifty that Pickford got really wrong and you know we deserve to be sent off for, for how for how poorly he timed the challenge but that's been lost and when the I think it's Fabinho that just pumps the ball into the back post looking for Van Dyke and Robert Green nails it. Pickford's got all eyes on the ball. Now me and you watch Pickford week in week out and we're quite critical but what we say is that He's quite erratic. And I think what we saw was an erratic goalkeeper without any composure come charging out his, his goal. And he's got it all wrong. And yet he should have walked because he, he you know, just because he missed time, that doesn't mean he should survive a record. It was that bad. It did endanger endanger man like he should have walked. But this thing that there was any malice in it, as I say, only Pickford knows whether he meant it or not. Um, this might not go down well, but if he did mean it, I'm not going to lose any sleep. It, it, it's a Merseyside derby and I think it's been lost on many. And, you know, the 10 minutes that bad night was on the park, he'd done Hammers and no problem with that. That's what should happen in a derby. He'd done Hammers and left one on him and he, he left one on Lewin and that's fine, it's a derby. Now, if Pickford's mentally one on him, I'm not going to be a hypocrite because they've said in the past that We need to start looking after ourselves. And I know that might be an unpopular opinion. And I'm not advocating that I want Everton to go out and end people's careers. I don't. I just want Everton to start looking after their own. And whilst I don't want to see anyone ruled out for a season, if there's going to be a challenge like that, I'd much rather it was on the opposition, especially Liverpool. So, for me, I don't think he meant it. Um, But, but yeah, I think we're in agreement, aren't we, that he did get away with one. Um, But I do think that we do need to back our keeper. Uh, not not just in terms of his ability, because we're the face of scrutinizer, but in terms of this narrative that he's meant to endanger him and and that he deserved this ridiculous suspension. There's been suggestions that he shouldn't kick a ball now until a nice fit. I mean, you know, we we both sat in disbelief. At, 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 you know, the media with son and what he done to Gomez. It, it, it it's so disproportionate that I think as a fan base we do need to rally around him because. Not saying he's a victim in it, he's not, or he's innocent, but but he didn't mean to hurt him, I, I, and I think that's what's been lost by many. But if we move on, um, you know. The game moved on after Van Dijk came off, and we managed to get ourselves back in the game. Uh, what, what did you make of Everton's equaliser, Michael Keane's header?
1: yeah, it was unsurprised. It was a little bit surprising. Sorry, um, I thought it came out of blue. Really, I feel like we started getting back into the game a little bit and started asking the question. Um, and we thought that well that should have been the case really with Van Dyke going off. You no, know, he's quite poor against Villa and he was against Leeds this season. So it's you know suspect whether he he would have went on another good game or not. But um, I think that you know especially their key player, if you like, or especially at the back going off. I expected us to start asking the question a bit more, and I think we did. And um, you know Keens met the other well. I think their keeper could have done better. Um, Myself, but, you know, at the back of the net. And, yeah, I was made up to get to get back in it because we've been there so many times, you know, build up to a derby, you know, we went into in relatively good form and then we were down 1-0, you know, in the first few minutes and potentially could have been worse, a lot worse. And we, we got back ourselves back in the game, which I was made up about. I think we showed a lot of character to initially get back in the game. I
0: agree with that. And also the the point you made about Liverpool's goalkeeper, he he seems to have gone under the radar. Um, I think he probably should have kept it out. Um, he's got both hands on it, but fairness to Keane, fair play, he's putting enough power on it to to, to find the back of the net. And Michael Keane starting to become a threat now from set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and also points out Hammers again, his delivery finding a blue share from from corners is brilliant. He's made them his own now. I can't see Gylfi or Digny taking a corner while while he's on the park. Uh, I agree with you as well. I think we needed a quick equaliser. The last thing you want against Liverpool with, with how lethal he can be on the counter attack. Is spend the majority of the game trying to get back in it. It was important that we did get back in it. you spot on with Van Dijk. Again, the, the narrative this week is if Van Dijk plays, those goals we scored don't go in. I don't know why they're saying that, given he was on the wrong end of his 7-2 defeat. Um, yeah, he could have cleared it, but you know, at the end of the day, he wasn't there. Keen gets us back on level terms. and Yeah, it was a tough game, and um, it could have gone either way. And you know, When Richarlison in the second half hits the post, you start to think that we didn't create an awful lot, but you think, is this going to be our day? And then, yeah, another dose of reality. Um, Mo Salah put Liverpool 2-1 in front with not that long left, to be fair. W- what, what did you make of Liverpool's second goal?
1: It, again, just seemed to come out of the blue, didn't it? I felt that we, we'd, I wouldn't say that we started getting on top, but I felt that we started taking a little bit of uh, control and it was gaining a little bit of momentum, you know, into the game. Um, and it just out of the blue, you know, Salah, Salah puts that away. Um, so it was quite surprised really I, you know we expected in certain points of the game where they were on top but I felt that at, at that point we just started getting our our, our rhythm um, and it was a little bit disappointing and you just thought oh where do we go again they're going to go on now and sort of um, we'll score a few more which we've seen over the last few years What
0: well, what did you make of Yerry of Mina's role I know you're not his biggest fan um, but what did you make of his role in, in their goal
1: I thought he, I thought he was poor I thought he was really poor. I thought, um, this is the thing with him, isn't it? It's, he's so inconsistent. There's been times the season where he's been brilliant. He's been like a rock. Um, but I just felt that it, it was just schoolboy defending for me. And you can't afford to defend like that when you're, you're playing against such high-level opposition. You're talking Salah, Mane, um, players like that. For me, you, know, you you can't afford to be sort of defending like that.
0: Yeah, I'm in two minds on it myself. I mean, I agree. I think at a young age you're taught aren't you to clear your box and he, and he didn't do that. But at the same time, I look at it and, you know, he probably shouldn't have been facing the way he was, facing towards his own goal. But because he's backpedalling, I think he's he's tried to just clear it first opportunity he's got. And I think if fairness to in a Semina, that, you know, when that falls to a lot of players, they probably don't hit a fair time. And I think Mo Salah's technique, he's got the ability to, to find a bottom corner on a half-volley like that. And I don't think a lot of players do. So maybe lesser opposition. I think Mina might have been able to close down after it. So I do have sympathy with him. But yeah, you touched on it, that when you play the, the, against the better teams, that, that's how you get punished. There's no room for error. And it's probably a, a harsh lesson for Mina in, in that sense that, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great defending, but against a lot of teams you would have got away with that. And if we're if we to close the gap and try and mix it with the, with the big boys, if you like, then you know what me done, he's, he's got to do better than clear it. As like, a
1: bad, I think it's a bad area, isn't it? A bad area to put, you know, any clearance into. You know, got some yeah. running on coming in that area. You know, even even you know some of the lesser teams, if you like, you've got some midfielders that can come in and, and catch one of them. It's a bad area, you need to be looking to clear that to the sides. But again, you know what I mean? there's someone at fault or multiple players at fault for it, for each goal. So um I'm sure in another game he's kept us in it or and he will do throughout the season. Yeah, it? So.
0: That's it. I, I look for me, I, I agree with you in the sense that he should have cleared his lines. My only thing is is you know, Mo Salah's a well passed player and he, he he's got the technique to it that on the on the half volley. I, I don't think a lot of players would have been able to, to do what he done. Mm-hmm. Um but but yeah, I think, you know, I, I I think Michael Keane's in brilliant form, But, you know, when, when we analyse our centre half, you're not keen on me now, and, and I've I've said in the past I think he's like a run of the milk, can do a job defender. But I wouldn't have him in the top bracket, And I think that's an example why in a tight game like that where there's not a lot in it, he, he set Salah up on the half volley and, you know, he done well and then to, to to go again. Um, and yeah, we you know that this has been my biggest positive of the season so far is when the chips are down we bounce back and we went and won it again. Um, no surprise it's Dominic calvert living What what did you make of our equaliser?
1: Yeah, I was yeah I went nuts. Um, it was just a great header. I can't believe how high you got. Still, you know I keep on watching her or seeing pictures, and it's sort of like Andy Robertson didn't. Didn't stand a chance. There was only one winner in that in that edit, But thought the ball in was brilliant as well. Um, I just I just felt after the goal, I would just wish that we would have been asking the question with that ball a little bit more, especially with uh, Van Dyke, you know, not being on the pitch. I think Dominic Carvalho showed that. I don't think he he done a lot of work off the ball, and I think he, he contributed an awful lot. But I think he had a quiet game compared to the obviously to the the, the games that he'd been having beforehand. Um, but you've just seen that you that one chance he needs that one touch, you know, first time finish inside the box again. Um, he's shown that he, he, he's able to score, you know, different types of goals as well. it was made up with it, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, we have Michael Ball on, didn't we, in the last podcast? And he said that Liverpool fullbacks like to push high and and, and push on, and it will benefit Everton. And this is exactly what happened, Hammers gets the ball. He's got Henderson closing him down and he's got Trent Arnold pushed right up and he's just finds Luca Dean. So Luca Dean's got the run on and Arnold and, and, you know, Trent Arnold's not going to get back and close down. And I thought it was naive of them when he went 2-1 up. But I thought he would have sat back and, and made it harder. But, you know, with with the space that Trent Arnold allowed Luke Dean, he was always going to foul Levin. And, yeah, you know, that leap again. Um, and it's probably going under the radar apart from Evertonians that he, the, the heights he's getting to it's like, you know, Duncan Ferguson, Tim Kaylesk and it, it's every game. And if even if you're not having the best of games, if you can just get the balls in, you know, mix it up. Obviously, I'm not saying we should go long ball, but you know, if we if we can always get a couple of decent balls into the box with Lumen's leap, we're always gonna have a a chance in the game. And yeah, it was a it was a brilliant ball in and, you know, I know they're saying again if Van Dyke like, was on the park he might not have scored it, but that the form Dominic Calvin was in, I, I really don't think it would have mattered because he would have had a run on him. It was a brilliant finish. And at that point, you're thinking, well, come on, go on and win the game. And no sooner, are you thinking that they got Jotter runs in and Marne Edwards from a few yards out. So you're causing two minds as a fan. You're thinking, yeah, Christ, don't lose it now. But, but also, you know, can can we go on and get another? Um, probably the turning point of that mentality was the Richarlison record. And at that point, you would be happy with the draw. Well, I, I, I would have been, I was anyway at that point. um, Probably a, a redundant question, but do you think it was a record?
1: Yeah, he's gone over the top of the ball, has he? And again, I, I don't think that there's intent to harm someone or injure someone. I just think that it was, could have been, you know, a little bit of frustration in there as well. And sort of he just got carried away a little bit, went over the top of the ball and caught the lad's leg halfway up. Do you know what I mean? So absolutely no complaints to the red card if it was the other way around I would have wanted to see red which it did actually with um, with Rod- I know I've been saying it and it, yeah, it doesn't seem that relevant now really like but um, you know Robinson's tackle I thought was awful on um, Alan you No, know, there was a push in there I think it was Yeri Mina, wasn't it but you know he stamps out to the left and you know right yeah. down Alan's leg and I think that was a terrible tackle also I would have liked to see him red there do you know what I mean and you know a lot of Liverpool fans have said, "Oh, because of the push, you know, it caused a collision." That wasn't a collision. He stamped down the back of his leg, and I've got no absolutely no argument with that. With you know, Richardson getting sent off, that it was a sending off, and I don't mind saying that. I obviously don't want to see dangerous tackles in the game, of course not. But you know, it's a derby, and they've they've been happening for years, you know, both ways, and you know, not just in the derby and other games that we've seen as well. We've seen our players come off with some. Terrible injuries because of bad tackles, and you just get on with it, don't you? And you know you can't you can't just cry about it. Um, so yeah, you know, it was a bad. It just went off from one there, then. I? <laughs> I think um, yeah, no no complaints for the Charles from being sent off, but I would have liked to see a little bit more consistency in the game as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I thought it was malicious, um, and it was a straight red all day. No complaints about how reacted to it. Um, it was it was dangerous. I think, and this isn't to try and mitigate the, the tackle, it, it was a bad tackle and he deserves a walk, but I think from an Everton point of view, that tackle was a, an accumulation of Richarlison not being fit, Richarlison not being in the game, and just general frustration that he couldn't get on the ball. He, he had a very quiet game, and if it wasn't Richarlison and a lesser player, you, 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 know, you would have wanted him off. I think... The reason he, he wasn't subbed is because it, it's Richarlison and he, he might have got the match winner. I mean, I say he had a, a poor game, which I think he did. He did it the post at 1-1, you know, with a header. On another day, that sneaks in. Uh, and, you know, potentially he could have been the match winner. So, yeah, I agree with you. And you're dead, right, just because of what what Pickford done in the VAR doesn't mean that we're not allowed to highlight some poor tackles on their end. Um. Robinson's very sneaky. He's good at it, and you know if if he was our player, I'd, I'd like that in him. He is a bit nasty, but because he's nasty for them, I hate him. you know can't stand him. He's done it behind uh, the referee's back, um, you know he's made sure the referee can't see it, and it, and it's a naughty one, um, and while he's doing that, Mane has tripped over me and again you know there's nothing in it and for a derby you've got to expect that but Marnie was on a yellow card so yeah if you if you'd applied the letter of the law then Marnie should have got a second yellow and Robertson should have been sent off but that doesn't as I say uh, and as you say it doesn't excuse what the Charleston done it was a straight red and it did you know put us on the back foot a little um so, you know, there's no surprise that for the rest of the game, Liverpool were on top, they made use of the extra man, um, and then was the big controversy, well, the other controversy of, of Jordan Anderson disallowed goal. Um, he was a mile offside,
1: wasn't he? And no scored! Sorry, I couldn't help myself.
0: Not at all, enjoy. What do you think?
1: Offside or not? Um, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, no, I mean, got away with one again there. I'd be absolutely fuming if that was against us. The only thing I was thinking though at the time is that BT kept on showing a clip, and I keep on seeing it, you know, with the pitches afterwards. And The ball's already been played. I think is it Thiago that plays it? Um, yes, and the ball's yeah. already been played, and it's it's you know one or two frames early. And I know that doesn't sound like much, but he he was coming from more of an offside position, and if that's shown when he makes contact with the ball i think you've seen a different angle and you've seen a different picture there but i think again as you were talking before it fits the narrative a little bit do you know what i mean of the you know the sort of how hard done by liverpool way do you know what i mean and i think that you know to be fair have a look at it when he makes contact with the ball i'm sure we're seeing a different we've got a different opinion on it but from what we were seeing on tv you know he didn't he didn't look offside for me and i would have been fuming um, yeah, and I wouldn't be looking for, for another justification I would have been claiming that would have been hard done by so I think we got away with one there and it was great
0: Yeah, agree, I think Liverpool were robbed and he enjoyed it um, I agree with you, I think the pass from Thiago has already been played when we see the stills but you can only judge it on the stills and I think he's on, I think he is on side. and when it, you know, when they went to see him on front and it was being checked I accepted that you know they probably won the game. Um, I was gutted, but I accepted it. And had they won it, wouldn't have had any complaints. I do think they edged it, but you know they did check it. Um, we did get lucky, but you know whilst it's out of Liverpool's control, it was out of our control. You know we didn't as much as we got the decision we wanted. I don't think any blue would have been sat at home saying that that was offside. We, we did get away with one. Um, it would have been sweeter if Calvert Lewin could have. Far the back of the net later on with the free kick, lovely bit of skill by Awoyi actually. Um, that, that went under the radar a bit, but but yeah, you know, look, I think we both agree Liverpool were robbed. Um, in all of our years watching derbies, it's the first time I can genuinely say that. Um, you know, in terms of decisions and obviously, you know, being biased, but from from my experience at derbies, the you know, Liverpool very much out by Everton when it comes to favourable decisions. But this is one that as soon as that whistle went, I was fair to say, look, Liverpool were robbed and and as a blue, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm sure normal service will resume very shortly. So, you know, it it is what it is. They urged the game. They they did get their goal. It never stood. And I think probably the main concern for us, for Everton is that Jordan Pickford should have kept it out. Um, but, you know, in the end, it, thankfully for us, it, it didn't matter. Um, but on the game, Andy, what were your overall views on the performance of Everton on the day?
1: Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think we played OK in spells. I think uh, we didn't hit the heights of what we would seen this so far this season. But at the same time, you know, other than Tottenham, we haven't played anyone in the so-called, you know, big six, if you like. Um, so I think you see you've going up against league, you know the league champions, and I think you can see the caliber you know of player they had, and you know as a team they work hard for each other, and they sort of put you under it. And I think you've seen that. But at the end of the day, we come away with a, a point. Uh, we were, had to work hard get and we had to you know dig deep. Um, but we were able to show that we've, we were able to compete. At the very least you know what I mean. Um, you know, our, our, our forwards getting on the score sheet again. Um, I'm sure that there's there's parts of the game they're going to look back at and think that you know we should have done this better, should have done that better. And as you said, that with Charles Snedder goes in, you know, it's a different story or potentially a different story. So, um, but overall, I'm happy with it. It's, it's we're still undefeated, and <clears throat> yeah, we didn't deserve to to win the game. Probably didn't really deserve a point, but we got one, so so yeah, it's quite happy.
0: Yeah, uh, and. I I I agree with that, Andy. I don't think we were at our best at all. But but you know in a strange way I do take comfort from that, from the point of view that we played the league champions. You know not just the league champions, but we played a team, a good team, desperate to react to the 7-2, and Liverpool, whether we bounced bouncing and, and climbing the walls, ready to to right that wrong. And I think playing the league champions on the back of that. Liverpool were always going to, going to be coming into this game strong and I think watching that game, that was Liverpool more or less back to the best. Everton wins and we still got a point. So for me, that's a positive. I think just on the day, the difference was, and I don't think our manager's naive. I think even though we got a draw out of it, I think he knows deep down that it could be 3-2 and the way we, we react to that game won't change. I just don't think enough of our key men produced on the day um, the, the few disappointments for me is nearly every game was won or lost in the middle of the park, and Andre Gomez and the core just didn't quite do it for me. Um, I thought Alan started slow when he came into it, um, as the game went on, making some mm-hmm. clean interceptions. I just thought Andre Gomez's final third he was offering nothing, and um, I don't think he was keeping possession well, and because he's a one place player, when he's not keeping possession well. And obviously, you can't press as quick as Liverpool. He really does stick out. And I was disappointed with Gomez. Yeah, Corey, he's been playing brilliant recently. And I appreciate you can't play that, that well in every game. But I just wanted a bit bit more from him. You know, I think because Gomez and Decorey couldn't get into the game, I think it did make it difficult for Evans forwards. And if you watch the match again, you'll see that Hammers comes quite deep a lot to, to get on the ball. And, you know, we were still able to switch it a couple of times to the Dean, but I think in an ideal world, you want Hammers on the ball closer to their goal. Um, Richarlison looked unfit, but I totally understand why we we, we picked him. I think if Richardson wouldn't have played them, we never won. Everybody would be saying, "Well, if we had Richarlison. So we went as strong as we could. Um, weirdly enough, I thought Jordan Pickford had a strange game in the sense that the the, the challenge aside... Of Van Dijk and Henderson's goal, which should have stood in between that. I thought he made some really good saves. Sant Arnold's three-kick was going in top corner. Um, a lot of goalkeepers wouldn't to save that matter. Pedder, I thought he done brilliant, and that was probably an underrated save because if he doesn't save that, the game's over. Um, and that save allows Evans to come back into it. Um, Hammers play as well as Pair and, and obviously, Dominic Carlton, you know, does, does what he does best these days. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I thought another mention should go to Ben Godfrey. And the, um, you know, made his debut, got through in it at the deep end. Doesn't get harder than Marnie, to be fair, playing right back. Um, and he never looked down to place. And, you know, he he, he done well with the run in that first half. And Richardson should have done better than blazing in over the crossbar. But, yeah, overall, not the best performance. But, you know, we're top of the league and we remain unbeaten. Um, and, yeah, it was entertaining seeing them get robbed in that manner, you know, it was, you couldn't really write it, normally that happens to Everton, so we're dead right to enjoy it. Um, just before we move on from the derby and the, in terms of the game itself, what would you do with Pickford now? He's obviously he's had a tough time on and off the pitch with, with the threats, etc. He was erratic in the game. As I just said, he did make some really good saves, but he did, you know, we never covered himself in glory with the Van Dyke tackle and, it was poor for doesn't goal, albeit it never stood. Would you now take him out the spotlight, or
1: do you think this could be the making of him? No, I wouldn't take him out. I'd, I'd leave him, obviously, depending on how he's handling the situation. You know, Ancelotti said today that he's, you know, he's a little bit upset by it, and he sort of had his family brought into the situation as well, which is just never acceptable. Um But I'd keep him in if he's in the right frame of mind, to do so. I think that the spotlight's going to be on them for the next next month, by the looks of it. But, no, I think it'll die down. I think it'll die down quite quickly. Uh, You know, get Southampton out the way. I'm sure it'll get spoken about a few times and then I think after that it'll be forgotten about. Well, it should do anyway, considering, you know, Liverpool have been off playing in the Champions League and everything and still been talking about it. So um, I think the media will, will focus on something else soon and I think that Pickford will come out of it. Stronger forward because I think, as you said, you know that other than the Van Dyke tackle and uh, the Henderson goal, he had a really good game, and that save he made was outstanding from the matter better. So um, hopefully you can draw on the confidence from that rather than the negatives in the game or the negatives what happened in the aftermath. But I, I I keep him in. I know we've got a backup goalkeeper there, but he's he's got to play through it in my opinion.
0: I agree, I, and I hope this is the making of them, because, you know, for the first <laughs> time, it's made the fans united to be behind them. We've been quite critical of him in the past, but I think it goes beyond his ability. I think the way the media have been towards him has been disgusting. And I said it here early in the week I think it's a joke the way people, not just in football, but in all walks of life, pretend to care and promote mental health. And then something like this happens. And they're throwing the book at him and his family. Um, you know, if Jordan Pickford was to not play again until Van Dijk was fit, what would that do to Pickford's mental health? Why? Why? You know, that the disproportionate reaction and suggestion towards our goalkeepers disgust them. And I don't think you know Liverpool are coming out saying that these punishments should be handed out to Pickford, but they're also not. They're certainly not. Preventing the fanning of the flames, they're, they're keeping it going. Um, you know we saw comments made by Klopp and Wijnaldum, which I'm going to come on to do now. But I just think it's been disgusting the treatments of him. and I'm not as big as fan in in terms of on the pitch. But yeah, the, the the way they've gone at him is it is disgusting, and I think you're right. I think it's time to back our man, and hopefully you'll come through it with with it. With it. Uh, a quiet performance against Southampton, whereby you know he doesn't have a lot to do and he's out the limelight. But I do only want to touch on about the aftermath, and I don't want to get too tired down with it, with it not being football related. But it does concern Everton, and, and it, it has been very frustrating and angering how Liverpool have conducted themselves um, in the media. I mean, you know, the VAR decision at the end of the game. You know, I totally understand Liverpool's anger. You know, if, if that was ever, I'd be on the floor. That, that the fact that we, you know, we could have won the derby, but but also you'd be you'd be angry if your key man was was ruled out for the season at the back of a bad challenge. So I get the anger, um, I totally understand the anger. But what I don't understand is 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 Liverpool feeling so self entitled that they can then demand an investigation. I mean, Andy, for you, what did you make of their request?
1: Oh, it's a it's a load of rubbish, isn't it? it it's um, you know we've had plenty of decisions go against us, and not just us. There's been other clubs as well uh, that have had plenty of decisions go against us, and Liverpool have had their fair share of good decisions going for them last year, you know, and and a few against them as well. But don't get they were clear clear errors this game, but it, it's football. It happens. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure that without the VAR, there'd be plenty of mistakes that things weren't picked up so just just get on with it you can't be you know it'd be absolutely if it was the other way around and we requested it or say I don't know you know Southampton we're playing Liverpool and it happened to them it'd, it'd be laughter do you know what I mean it, 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 you're completely right it's self-entitled sort of um you know th- th- making demands making proposals it just just calm it down do you know what I mean it's 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 a game of football at the end of the day and it's contact sports. You know, there's going to be bad tackles and there's going to be mistakes. You know, they brought the VAR VAR into stop mistakes, but I'm, I'm I'm sure it's not going to be the only one. Um you know, I'm sure there's going to be plenty that go for them as well.
0: Yeah, I totally agree, Andy. Uh, and that's the point. You know, everybody in the game, put your rivalry aside. Everybody knows looking back now, Pickford should have been sent off. Or most people would say should have been sent off and Liverpool should have won the game 3-2, and, and you were robbed. So, look, I, I get the anger. I, I, I totally understand why they're angry, and, and as a fan, if it were the way around, I'd be fuming for... I'd probably get a year out of it as a fan. But, but in terms of as a football club and how you conduct them, how you should conduct yourself, there's ways of doing it, and the self-entitlement from them has been disgusting for me. I mean, let's have it right. They stayed quiet last year when they were getting an abhorrent amount of decisions. Um, a lot of decisions were going their way in the middle of a title race. And over the course of a season, far more will go for them than against them. And I just think for me, as a football club. You can't be throwing your toys out the pram when it goes against you if you stay quiet when it goes for you. Um, you know, just off the top of my head, last season you played Leicester, Marnie, dives, penalties, stoppage time. He played Wolves. Wolves had two good goals disallowed. He played Everton. Van Dyke, took Lumen down. Last man, no penalty. If you stay quiet when it goes for you, you cannot be carrying on the way they are. And the issue I have as well, Andy, is no other club conducts, them, conducts themselves like Liverpool with this self-entitlement. And I'll give you another example. Aston Villa played Sheffield United just after lockdown last season. And Sheffield United had a good goal that wasn't given because Hawkeye and Hawkeye wasn't working and Villa ended up staying up by a point because Sheffield United didn't get the goal which would have meant they won the game. Now if Hawkeye was working Bournemouth probably remain a Premier League team and Villa go down but you don't see the likes of Bournemouth crying for the investigations and that's the point for me Andy is that Look, I get the anger, I, and I totally understand the, the one questions, but I think the demands for an investigation, whilst in the background they're trying to create a, a different league and in, in a European Super League, I think it's arrogant and it's a very narrow, self-entitled, spoiled view. And I hope, if it's not a football club, that you know, it's a person, somebody comes out and, and tries to really put them to task because the self-entitlement that he's shown this week for me has just been Disgusting, completely disproportionate And then on the Moving on to Before Liverpool play Diaz I'm not making it a Liverpool show But but they did mention Everton So I think we should talk about it Is Trujillo um, Wijnaldum Takes it upon himself To talk about how Everton are When they go into derbies Now He'll have been Watching derbies for four years Since he's been at Liverpool But me and you have been watching them a lot longer So him saying that Everton seems to go too far in derbies. I think me and you both know that that's not the case. But again, it just shows that self sense of entitlement that they he can freely run the mouth going unchecked. You know, and Klaw was next to him. He could have said, Look, let's concentrate on on Ajax, but they he felt entitled to to talk about Everton's approaching derby games before they play playing Ajax. So what what did you make of those comments that, that Everton seems to take it too far?
1: Oh, it was ridiculous, wasn't it? As I said before, there's been tackles both ways for years. You know, one tackle that always stands out when I think about a, a derby, you know, a bad challenge in a derby is the Stephen Gerrard on on Gary Nasmith. Um, it was absolutely horrendous. Probably one of the worst tackles I've ever seen. You know, certainly up there. And you know, it, it it's both ways as well. I know we've we've had a few a few bad ones over the years, but. You know, it's a, it's a derby and they, they happen in normal games, you know, without the the rivalry being there. So, it just needs to be, you know, left at what it is. You know, as I said, we don't want to see one of their players injured. I know, well, I know some people might, but you know, I don't want to see anyone hit, harmed or or injured. Uh, and I don't think there's any intent when the players are going out there. You know, I'm sure, you know, they're, they're getting paid an awful lot of money. And I think they all know that, you know, that their role roll is to perform and not to be, you know, getting sent off and putting other people at risk. Um But the, the, the fact of Everton go too far—that—that that, you're talking about victim mentality there, from uh, from the players. Do you know what I mean? And to be fair, though, I, I I work with quite a few Liverpool fans as well, and that's not been the same message that I've been getting from them. Do you know what I mean? They seem a lot more rational, you know, rational about it. Um Andy, can I just ask you this? Sorry to interrupt. It's just popped into my
0: head and answer honestly. If Jordan Anderson's goal stands, which it probably should have done, and Liverpool win 3 2, a Liverpool and win all of them crying in the press conference if, if mm. he won the game? I'd oh, be yeah. no. And No. That, that's the point. Did they, they come across as entitled and spoiled? And I agree with you. In my experience at derby games, I think Liverpool and Everton are as bad as each other for bad tackles. For every bad Liverpool challenge, you could find an Everton one and vice versa. I don't think Liverpool or Everton are are actually there. The the difference for me, growing up and and being older now, is that I've always felt there's been disproportionate decisions going one way, or very much one-sided, and that on Saturday was refreshing in the sense that Everton got lucky, you know, Liverpool were robbed and the decisions went our way. But but that that's a rarity. But but I agree with you, I think in terms of the challenges, I think over the years we've saw bad tackles going on both ends and I don't think we should want that eradicated. It's a derby and I think that has been forgotten since what happened to Van Dyke. I'm not advocating that there should be bloodbats every time we play. And I certainly know that there's a line, but I think... You've got to have a bit of needle. If if if, if us fans could play, we kick everything in red. That's the way it should be. You wanna beat them. Um I, I think as well you what know, you were
1: saying I before, it's quite important, uh, it goes back to that as well, is you know, you can't stay quiet when your players are getting away with a few. Do you mean know, there's some bad been some bad, bad challenges from Liverpool over the last few years. Um, you know, we've seen one last year with Van Dijk in Europe. Um and sort of explanation for it's to it's a load of bollocks considering what we're hearing at the moment and um, mm-hmm. you know and you've seen some bad ones from Andy Robinson even one in the game but no one's talking about it and it's yeah. what you said before, you can't keep quiet when things are going your way and then have such outrage when things aren't
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that is it, you know it's like um, Marnie is very good at giving it out and looking after himself and Liverpool played Arsenal a couple of weeks ago and Marnie should have been sent off, he raised an arm and it was a half a punch, half an elbow, a keylen see and I think that was two two minutes or like ten minutes into the game. If he's sent off, it's a different game. But he didn't want to talk about it after the game, and I think if 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 that doesn't bother you, then you shouldn't take such offence when it goes through the way. I think Liverpool are not only are they a good side, but they're also very good at looking after themselves. The two fullbacks, not just Robertson, Sant Arnold, is good at giving it out and. I, I, I'm not criticising them for that because I'd be a hypocrite. I want Everton to do that and Everton are now looking after themselves. But what I don't like is is the narrative that the media are eating up that Liverpool are this, you know, ticky-tack football team and Everton are like the the dogs of war and, and, and they just want to scrap. That's not the case. And it needs challenging. Um, and I do think when Alden crossed the line for me, I think when he's in a press conference about playing Ajax and he's talking about Everton not just in one game, but in general, in derby matches, I think you crossed the line, and I would have liked the statement to come out where, where, you know, we're just not having that, and, and in a professional way, telling Wijnaldum and Liverpool to shut up, you know, that, that's what I would have liked, but, but, you know, it comes from the manager for me, and, the, and again, because he's loved in the media, and he, he is a brilliant manager, in terms of, of, you know, football and ability, tactician, et cetera, my management's world class because he is the top manager, He gets away with a lot for me. And, you know, he's found the flames where in the press conference, he's talking about only two people are dealing with the consequences of the derby, that being Thiago and Van Dijk. And again, it's that self-entitlement because it's not the case. Hammers was injured by Van Dijk. Van Dijk, done him. And again, I'm not complaining because that's what you should do in a derby. He left one on him and Hammers is now out of the game against Southampton. That's fine. It happens. But that means that it's not just two people dealing with the consequences. How is dealing with it. Now, Pickford and his family are now dealing with death threats. And Pickford's got the psychological impact of what happened to Van Life. So, again, this wrapped up self-entitlement that everything's on them and only them is affected is a nonsense. Other people are dealing with what happened after that derby. And it, you probably tell by me that, Andy, I'm just annoyed and frustrated that This self-entitlements and freely running your mouth and talk about everything and anything, every injustice. You know, as a fan, me and you, we've had decades of these injustices of key decisions going against us, banned from Europe because of their fans, and yet we don't call for investigations, you know, we don't carry on. I mean, could you imagine them having to put up with the decisions and the Kalina Villarreal thing and you know, go through the decades of whatever they've had to put up with. If they had a fraction of whatever they've had to put up with, they'd be getting the FBI involved. Never mind, that's going to be an investigation. So I just think in a a professional way, if not ever, someone needs to just say, shut the fuck up, you know, and really give it to them because at the moment, they're running them out in the press and they're going unchecked. And, you know, hopefully it'll come on to roost that, you know, Klopp will meet a journalist who will ask him the tough questions and, and, and give it to him because at the moment, the, the, yeah, they're the going on and on and it just angers me when it's my team, well, it's our team, you know, it's, it's Everton and, and, and the way you go on. It is, like you say, they do They do carry a, a victim status, the, the way you go on. um. But look, you can go on all night about them. So I'll leave it there. But yeah, for me, it's just, it's been too much this week. And hopefully, as you say, um, you know, the next month or so, it'll die down. Something else will crop up for them to moan about. So if we move on to Southampton and Everton on Sunday, I mean, this one's a tough game. We're playing an informed side, and, and obviously the Charleston suspended and Hammers out injured. Um, who do you see coming in for the and Hammers? It's probably going to be between Bernard, Gordon
1: and Iwobi see a Wolby myself I see see a Wolby coming in Um, yeah and I I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Gordon as well I think I I wouldn't be surprised to see Sigurdsson in there instead of Gomez as well to be fair I think you said it on the last podcast and I think it was a bit of a a coin toss and obviously um, Gomez got the nod for the derby but I wouldn't be surprised to see Sigurdsson coming in for, for Gomez and seeing I certainly see a Woby starting the game on Sunday. Uh, just whether it's as you said, whether it's Bernardo or, or Gordon. But I think I'll go with Gordon myself. I think Gordon early on in the season was asking why he weren't playing. So I think if he's going to realise he's going to be playing third fiddle, he's going to be uh, he's not going to be too happy.
0: Yeah, I agree. I can see a Woby coming in. Um obviously he came on in the second half in the derby um so I think it will be as a shift to, to start. I think it's a toss of a coin with Bernardo Gordon, but I'm leaning towards Gordon myself, um, purely because when we saw Bernard in the league cup, Ancelotti's put him in a central role. Uh, so I think we will see Gordon prefer that wide, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Bernard. Um, but but um, you know, you touched on it there with. Gomez, I agree. I agree with that in the sense that I think it's time enough for Gilfy citizens to come in, and I wouldn't have thought, you know, given when we've done the squad review, we'd be saying that. But I think competition's there now, and it was a for me, it was a very underwhelming performance, and I think Gilfy will come in, so there is an option. But I doubt Carlo will do it. But I do think there's an option there where he could even put Gilfy out wide, um, but. With that said, with those plays out, I mean, how do you see Everton approaching the game? Do you think we'll we'll keep the same formation or do you think because of the changes, Everton might go with a different formation for this one?
1: I don't know, it's a tough one, isn't it? I can see us being more cautious. Um, potentially looking to change it if he goes this I can I can see it I can see it being a, a close game. I'm gonna go for one eleven myself. I think uh Calvert Lewin's gonna get the score sheet again. Um but, Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he we, how we lines up. Um, I can't see his being as effective without James on the pitch, especially that crossword ball to Luca Dignay. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see. You might go a bit of a similar formation, you really. we went four 5 did didn't he, in pre season? Um, it'd be interested if he goes, goes with that and looks to sort of stop the counter attacks. Um, but yeah, I. I'd, Expect us to have enough enough about us to, to go there, don't get me wrong, it's always a tough game going there, but expect us to have enough about us to uh, put put a good performance and come away with three points.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he will stick with the four three three. Um because I think by not sticking with that, you've shown a lack of faith in the in the in the players coming in. So I think he will try and keep it the same. Um obviously, you know, different players going up front means a slightly different way of playing. Whereas we look at Hammers at the playmaker from out wide, I doubt you know we'll get that with a will being good that they will be more direct. But I still think we've got enough to win the game and this is it. This is, you know, football. You've got to deal with injuries and suspensions and we've got to crack on. I'm confident, I'm optimistic, we'll get three points. I think Everett in the last few games. It's not a criticism because you've still been picking up the points, but I do think we can play better and I think Everett know that. So I think it'll be a top one, and I think we'll win by one goal margin, but I think it'll be 2 1. Um, you know, I think they'll be stronger at home, and he showed showing against Chelsea that they're capable of scoring. Um, so, yeah, I think if we get three points here, we'll have done well. I'll go for Everton to win 2 1. But I, mean, I just wanted to ask on the Charleston suspension does this highlight how light we are up front? And I say that because touch wood, it doesn't happen. If Dominic Alvaliman was to pick up a knock or get suspended himself, who plays up front?
1: Yeah, we were saying this to the week, where we are, we've left, that I mean, even though I don't think that Keane would have been ideal to go in there and sort of, you know, especially if it was three games, a three-match ban, Um, but he's a lot better than what what we would have up front if, you know, that situation came up. Um, I was thinking, who would we have? Uh, Ellis Sims?
0: That's it, or, or play without a striker because even Walcott, you know, <laughs> Walcott could be seen as an emergency striker, but, but obviously he's now with Southampton so there's there's nothing there and you know, touch wood, it doesn't happen in the will, will, will come back in those games um, you know, to be the backup striker if need be. But I think he's just underlines, doesn't it, that there's not a lot there. Um but you know, touch what it it's a dilemma there and don't actually need need to, to deal with. So yeah, fingers crossed we can get the three points Sunday and 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 stay top of the league or get back top of the league if if Villa get the three points late. leagues. So that's it, Andy, for this week's episode of Talk on Um, You know, let's hope Sunday we, we keep that unbeaten run going and and get three points South Southampton. Thanks for listening, Up the Topps.